Welcome to the Discipleship Podcast with Pastor Pablo Martinez. We truly believe disciples aren't born, they are made. If your desire is to grow, renew your mind, and go to the next level in the way you live for God, this podcast is for you. Pastor Pablo will be sharing the real heart of a disciple through tough but transformational truths that are sure to confront us. These truths will lead us into establishing the kingdom of God in our lives. Now is the time. Grab your pen, a notebook, and your Bible. It's time to get formed. Good afternoon. It is so good to be with you one more time. Welcome to Formation Fridays. Um, We are talking today about the third characteristic of a multiplying disciple, and that is teachable attitude. I promise you, if you open up your heart, uh, your family will thank you for this, and your generations to come will be blessed because you opened up your heart. Um, Why don't we pray and ask God to help us, and uh, let's do this. Dear God, thank you so much for your love and for your grace, for your patience towards our lives. I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us directly, God. Please change us. Help us to become more like you. We ask you, God, that you would challenge our paradigms, that you would help us, God, to be transformed and molded according to your image. Thank you, Lord, so much for this time, and we are ready to receive. In your name we pray. Amen. Teachable attitude. What an important characteristic. To be teachable, it is quite possibly the most important thing that you need in order to succeed. Not only in life, not only in finances, but in your spiritual walk with God. A person who is teachable is a person who continues to grow. It is said that when you stop growing, you start dying. When you stop growing, you start dying. It is so difficult to deal with an unteachable person. It is hard to have an unteachable person near you. Have you ever worked with somebody that seems to know everything already? Have you ever worked with somebody that even if they don't know, they pretend like they do? Maybe you have a friend or a disciple or, you know, or a husband who is exactly like this. You tell them something and it's as though they've been there, they've done that, got the t-shirt, bought the tape. Right? You try to explain something to someone because you know or because they even asked you. But the Lord already spoke to them about it, so there's nothing else you can say. There are so many people that are not teachable and then they wonder why their life is the way it is. Let me tell you a quick story. I'm going to, uh, you know, read it. Dr. Baker uh, shared about this. He's a, he's a psychologist, also a teacher in martial arts. He said that there was... Uh, this one student uh, who came to him to ask him for, um, you know, uh, for advice and to help him, to teach him. Now this teacher, uh, you know, began to ask him questions and he began to try to teach him some things. But every time he would speak, the student would say, oh yeah, yeah, I already know that one. Or he would refer back to something else that he had learned already. And the, the teacher would try to teach him something else and he would say, yeah, oh yeah, I remember this. And, and, and he would just continuously pretend like he knew. Finally, the teacher got fed up and he grabbed the cup that was in front of him and he began to serve him tea. He served it slowly and kept on pouring and pouring and pouring. The student looked down and when he looked, the cup was already like overflowing. It was going all over the table. This hot tea all over him. And he said, stop, stop. The cup is full. The teacher said, precisely. It is not until you could empty your cup that I could teach you anything else. 
And that's what happens with us. We come to God and we ask him to show us. We ask him to teach us. We ask our friends, our leaders. We ask people around us to help us grow and develop. Because that is really in our minds. But the question is, is that really in your heart? Is it in your mind or is it in your heart to learn? Just because you think you want to know, it doesn't mean you're teachable. Let me repeat that again. Just because you think you want to know, it doesn't mean you're teachable. The Bible says that God resists the prideful. It says in James 4, 6, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Would you like God to be opposed to you? Or would you God want God to give you more of his grace? Grace towards others. Grace to do those things that he called you to do. Would you want God as your enemy or as your partner? See, the reason I'm trying to teach this is because I want you to succeed. And by succeed, I don't only mean grow financially. I mean succeed in every area of your life. The difference between failure and success is not aptitude, but it is attitude. The difference between success and failure is not your abilities, but it is your availability to learn, to receive, to grow. See, some of the biggest failures in life are some of those, the most talented people you will ever meet. I met so many great athletes who had just so much natural talent. I remember in high school, you know, I would play, be playing football and I would be thinking, man, this guy is a beast. He's incredible. He looks at the weights and just starts swelling up. But he wasn't coachable. He wasn't teachable. Yet later on in college, I came to see so many people that were talented. But the difference between those college athletes that are going to the next level and are not, yes, of course, there needs to be talent. But is their coachability, their teachability. Be really worried when somebody stops teaching you, when your coach stops co coaching you, when your leader stops rebuking you, when a pastor no longer calls you out. Because that means that you're no longer teachable and they would rather not invest into a, into a bottomless pit. Proverbs 11.2 says this, Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. What a powerful verse. Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Let me tell you what it says on the Amplified Version. When pride comes, boiling up with an arrogant attitude of self-importance, then comes dishonor and shame. But with the humble, the teachable, who have been, who have been chiseled by trial, and who have learned to walk humbly with God, there is wisdom and soundness of mind. Isn't it amazing how it happens so often, too often, that people who begin to be arrogant and prideful inevitably fall. Soon, I can tell you, I can't tell you when, but it's going to happen. That person who grows in pride and, and thinks themselves better than others eventually is going to fall flat on their faces. I've seen it with pastors. I've seen it with leaders. I've seen it with husbands that say they could never cheat or they could never do that. We see it with other people that become critical of others. That they become arrogant and begin to compare themselves and eventually end up paying the same consequence, suffering the same consequences and paying the same price. 
I'll have a couple of questions before we jump right into how do you know if you are arrogant? Because that's going to be the first thing we're going to do is we're going to try to find out what are those characteristics of an unteachable attitude or an unteachable spirit. But first, I have a couple of questions uh, and I would want you to try to answer or wrestle with. Could it be that somebody who was once teachable can become unteachable? Or is it that once teachable, always teachable? Could it be that somebody that was once teachable is no longer teachable? Next question. Can you be teachable in one area of your life and completely unteachable in another? Could it be that yes, you accept rebuke and you want to grow in this and that, but in other areas, you just don't want it. You don't have it. You, you think you already know enough. Last question. Could it be that when you are feeling judged, instead of feeling judged, you are being taught? Could it be that you mistake judgment for teaching? Why do I ask you these questions? Because I think sometimes we could be in a place where we say, I already know I am teachable, I am humble, and then something else comes our way and we draw a line, a clear line. And we stop being teachable. We stop growing in that specific area. And I think it's a very great disservice to you to think yourself teachable and pretend like you're doing great and stop growing. I don't know if it's in your professional area. I don't know what area, in what field it is that God wants to use you and use you powerfully. But unless you continue to be teachable, you will stop the progress that he has for you. How do you know that you are not teachable? How do you know that someone near you is not coachable? How do you know in whom to invest? How do you know who to marry? Do not marry an unteachable person because you're marrying an unteachable spirit. See, just because someone is knowledgeable, it doesn't mean that they're wise. A person who is teachable is a person who is wise. Let me repeat that again. A person who is teachable is a person who is wise. A person who continues to grow will continue to go up and up and up. But just because you know things, it does not mean you are wise. Let me explain it like this. Knowledge is horizontal. Wisdom is vertical. Knowledge, you know about a lot of things all around you, but wisdom comes from above. Wisdom is that one thing that you receive with all the knowledge that comes to you and God gives you the revelation on, how, on when and how to apply what you've learned. I would 10 times rather have a wise wife than a knowledgeable wife. I would 10 times rather be a wise father than a father who knows so much yet has no clue how to apply it. I would rather follow a leader who is wise than a leader who is a smart aleck. I would much rather follow someone who has wisdom from above than knowledge from all around him. Are you someone who is knowledgeable or are you someone who is wise? Let me now break down these characteristics and I pray that God gives you a thicker skin than what you've had up until today because today is going to get real. Um, the reason we're doing this once again is not to wound you, not to hurt you, but to grow you. In Proverbs 26, 6 says, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Come on. One more time. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Another version, NIV says, 
Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. Many times in many churches, it is much easier. People find it easier in churches to just compliment you and help you and, you know, grow in, in, in your self-esteem. And that's a wonderful thing. But I find that the best way for me to grow is not only to be lifted up in those wonderful things that I do, but to be challenged in those things that are hurting me, hurting my family, and ultimately hurting the purpose of God in my life. And so right now we're going to get real in this next 23 minutes. We're going to try to do the impossible. And that is to confront you with those characteristics to see if you are coachable and teachable or not, to find the root causes in your life, and the last thing is to find out how to become more teachable. So here we go. We're going to go faster than we've gone ever. Characteristics of an unteachable spirit. Number one, argumentative and defensive. How do you know you are unteachable or you have an unteachable spirit? You are argumentative and defensive. Proverbs 9.9 says, correct a fool and he will hate you. Correct a wise man and he will love you for it. Are you someone who gets argumented or gets defensive? right away. I'm not talking about criticism. I'm talking about constructive criticism. I'm not talking about you being criticized and somebody putting you down. I'm talking about somebody who is helping you, pushing you forward. Sometimes we can be really defensive and in that defensiveness, we stop growing. You know, one of the most Important telltale signs of a person who is bound for divorce is precisely this. They call it the four horsemen of the apocalypse. The first one is criticism, defensiveness, contempt, and stonewalling. The worst of which is stonewalling. That means I no longer want to learn. I don't want to hear anything. I roll my eyes at you. I don't care. I read a statistic that somebody who rolls their eyes has a 60% chance higher of divorce than somebody who doesn't. You hear what I just said? If somebody's rolling their eyes, it is not the eyes that lead you 60%, you know, higher chance to having a 60% chance higher of divorce. It is your attitude that leads you to roll your eyes up. Ugh. I already know everything. Not only that, you feel these arguments happening. You begin to defend your point in your mind, in your heart. Proverbs 11.2 says, pride leads to disgrace, right? But with humility comes wisdom. Well, let me tell you what the actual, what the MSG version says, the message. It says, the stuck up fall flat on their faces, but down to earth people stand firm. Man, stuck up people fall flat on their faces. So the characteristic number two of a person who struggles with an unteachable spirit is this constant failure. The first thing is arguments. The first thing is defensive and arguments, uh, an argumentative mind. And the second one is constant failure. You keep falling flat on your face. You keep trying and you cannot make it. You do, you do your best and the best is not good enough. In Proverbs 16, 8, 18 says, pride comes before destruction and an arrogant spirit before a fall. If you keep on failing at something, maybe it's not because you're not good enough, but maybe it is because you haven't realized that you need to learn something else. You already know everything. So you keep on failing at it because you're not learning a new way to do it. Number three, isolation and withdrawal in times of challenge or difficulty. Proverbs 18.2 says, Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. You know, getting help is not a sign of weakness, but a sign of wisdom and humility. 
Pride will not let you ask for help, which is why you're always helpless. So many times, instead of going and saying, I need help, you withdraw, you, pull, you push back, you pull back. Because you think that in isolation, by yourself, somehow, way, you'll be better off. So you are not teachable. If number one, you're argumentative and defensive. Number two, you're constantly failing. Number three, you withdraw. You get away from people in difficult times instead of asking for help. Number four, you're constantly blaming others. You cannot accept your mistakes. You're always having an excuse. You're always saying it is the government's fault. It is my parents' fault. It is her fault. It is his fault. It is their fault. You always have a reason on why you're failing. You always have a reason why other people are wrong and you're already right. You're constantly blaming others. The last one, your relationships simply do not last. I began this talk by saying it is so difficult to deal with unteachable people. As a pastor, my job is to believe in others. My job is to believe in you. It makes it so much easier though when you pour into someone and they do something with it and they grow. But when somebody is not teachable, it is so hard to keep on pouring into their lives. It is difficult. I'm reminded of, of a verse that says, resist the proud. Resist the proud. You know what that verse is saying? Keep them away. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Do not throw your pearls to pigs, for they will trample them underfoot. Do not give the dogs that which is, on, what, that which is holy. It's amazing how hard it is to keep a relationship with someone who is simply not teachable. You feel like you have no value in their lives. You feel like whatever you can say is not good enough. Like they are simply a one-way street and you have nothing to add to their lives. But how beautiful it is when it's a mutual understanding that there is value in this relationship. That you can grow and I can grow. Can I tell you something? Some of the things that the Lord has taught me that I value the most, the Lord has taught me through each one of the disciples in my life. The Lord has taught me so much through Frank, through Oscar, through Louie, through Jared, through Mikey, through Marcos, through every one of these guys, through Colin. The Lord has taught me so much through George. The Lord has taught me so much to each one of these men around me in my life. The Lord has taught me so much through JC. I can tell you, Manny, every one of the 12, every one of you, the Lord has taught me so much. And I value that so much. Guess what? Our relationship continues to grow and develop because it is not a one-way street. Let me ask you one more time. Do you struggle with these things? Do you get argumentative easily? Are you defensive? Do you constantly fail at the same things? Do you isolate or withdraw? Or do you seek advice? Do you constantly blame other people? And are you having a hard time keeping good relationships? The question is, why is this? Why are you not teachable? What are some root causes of an unteachable spirit? The number one cause, and you will hear every person that talks about this subject of coachability or teachability will begin by this, pride. Say with me, pride, pride, pride. I always say that pride is like bad breath. It kicks, it reeks, it is nasty. 
But the person that has it usually is the last one to find out. They always want to tell you a secret too. Man, pride is like bad breath. You have it. It's there. It pushes people away from you. But you don't even know it's there. You've grown used to it. Proverbs 16, 18 says, I just read it to you. Pride goes before the fall. James 4, 6, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. I could tell you so many other verses. But I think you know what pride looks like. Let me go to the number two cause. And we'll touch a little pride later on. Number two cause. Rebellion and an individualistic spirit. Rebellion and an individualistic spirit. I would be, I'm, I want to be cautious in how I say this, but I need to say it. Some of the rebellion that you have in your life does come from your parents or from your family or from your surroundings. Some of the individualistic spirit that you have is not coming from the word of God, but it is coming from those around you. We've been taught. To be individuals. I'm not talking about, you know, being a socialist or being a communist. I'm talking, or I'm not even talking against capitalism. I'm simply talking about the understanding that you need other people. And if you are an individualistic person, that you feel like you don't need other people, that is the root of your lack of teachability. You have this rebellious, this dissident spirit against the status quo. And I don't mean that you need to be the same but if you fight against unity and you're always trying to find rebellion against the institution and the government and you always have this chip on your shoulder, there may be reasons. I'm not saying there's no reasons. I'm saying that that can hurt you more than help you. There's a way to deal with it. And the way to deal with it is not by stop your learning, by stopping your learning. We need to learn to have a different mindset, not a rebellious or individualistic mindset. I figure that as a husband, I've been married now over 10 years. And if I have to tell my wife to submit to me, then I have no authority. Let me repeat that again. If I have to tell my wife and use Bible verses to have her submit to me, then I have lost my authority. Sometimes rebellion comes from the person and sometimes rebellion is incited by others. Either way, you have to deal with it. Either way, you have to learn the consequences of a rebellious spirit and an individualistic mindset. Number three, the third cause of an unteachable spirit, it is insecurity. Insecurities. You don't want to show vulnerability. Why? Because you're afraid of people seeing you as weak or dumb. You act tough and it is all insecurity. Some of the most insecure people are some of the people that pretend to be the toughest. Or some of the most insecure people are those that have a hard shell on the outside. It's like a coconut. It's soft on the inside, full of water, but outside seems so rigid and so strong. How many times out of insecurity, we did not come and simply ask. Because we were thinking they would treat us as we were foolish. You know, it's incredible how much insecurities play into our lack of learning. You can learn from so many people. Kids, new people, old people, any people. When you're insecure of who you are, you will not ask. Oh, because she's a woman. I can't learn from a woman. Oh, because he's a man and, and he's a, he, I don't, uh-uh. 
Feminism. You know, I figured if each one of the two of those genders were secure, we could learn so much from each other. If we were humble, we would end feminism and chauvinism. We need to be secure in who God made us. I want to open up right now a can of worms, and I need to tell you this. Insecurity is one of those handles that Satan grabs onto in disciples and tells them, don't say anything. He is going to think the worst of you. Insecurity speaks an evil voice and tells you to shut up because people will judge you. And I would tell you right now, if you're dealing with that kind of insecurity of perception and how people will see you, the price that you will pay for an insecure spirit is an unteachable spirit. You will be stuck. You will not grow. The way I figure is if you say what you need to change, what you're struggling with, and that person decides to judge you, and that person sees you as less, then it is their downfall and not yours. You were wise enough to say it, and the Lord saw it. And my prayer is that you're able to open up and you're able to share whatever you're struggling with. The next one, foolishness, straight up dumb. <laughs> if you are straight up dumb, I know, I know that sounds super, uh, you know, biblical and whatnot, but sometimes it is just dumb. Like you just, how do I, I, I put it like in a, in a very kind and beautiful way, it is just foolishness. The root cause of a lot of people who are unteachable is simply because they're not as knowledgeable as they say they are. They don't know as much as they know or they think they know and they end up pretending and that is called foolishness. Foolishness leads you to believe that you know more than you actually know. That you are in a place that is better than you actually are. Don't be a fool. Go and speak. Open up your heart. Next one. Laziness. And to me, this is my favorite one out of the list, even though I have another one here. But laziness. Listen to this. When a person is lazy, a person is unteachable. Did he just say that? Absolutely. All lazy people are unteachable people. Hold on a second, Pastor. You just hurt me. I know. If you're lazy, you're unteachable. You're lazy because you think that you know enough. You don't need to go out. You don't need to do anything else. You're lazy because you're happy and content with the place where you are. You need divine discontentment. You need God to do something inside of you to get you up off your couch and to say, I need to learn. I want to grow. There's another level for me yet to achieve. Lazy people do not prosper. The Bible says, the soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. Some people are single, not because they're ugly, just because you're lazy. You have to learn the power of going and going and going, moving forward, taking on another task, doing something else that will make you someone who knows something else. Proverbs 26.16 says, The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can give a discreet answer. Whoo! Let me put it like this. Another version says, Lazy people consider themselves smarter than seven wise counselors. 
Did you ever read that part of the Bible? Probably not. It says, smart people, I mean, lazy people think they're smarter than everyone else. It says, lazy people consider themselves smarter than seven wise counselors. I just said to you, lazy people are unteachable people. Give you two powerful verses to back it up. Solomon was wealthy and blessed by God, not because he was lucky, but because he was wise. The opposite of laziness, we think is hard work. It's wisdom. It's wisdom. Some people are very hardworking, but they're lazy in their understanding and learning. They don't read. They don't want to learn. So they keep working hard in that same area without ever learning how to do it better. Laziness, I am telling you, it is that one thing that we perhaps don't think about, but it's unteachability. Let me go to the last one. The last thing that tells you if you are an unteachable person. Ungrateful and entitled. I see some of the numbers up there already going down, the little eye with a bunch of people watching. Man, if we remain, if we have 10 teachable people, I'm telling you, you can do 10 times more with 10 teachable people than 100 unteachable fools. Let God do something in our lives and become teachable. Ungrateful people are unteachable people, people that are entitled. In 1 Corinthians 4, 7 says, for who regards you as superior? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? Ain't that amazing how Paul confronts the Corinthians and says, who do you think you are? Everything you have has been given to you. And whatever you have, why do you pretend like no one ever gave it to you? That's what happens when people become unteachable. They pretend like they have grown themselves. We are byproducts of the grace and the blessing that God has bestowed on us. Help your mom by thanking her and you will see how much more you will learn from her. An ungrateful heart cannot learn. An ungrateful heart says, stop. I am a self-made creature. If you are a grateful person, you are one step away from true wisdom. A person who is grateful is a person who has opened the door to more. Ah, man, let me repeat it like this. A person who is grateful is a person that has now welcomed greater blessings. You know how hard it is to bless the ungrateful? You know how hard it is for God to give to those that don't even care and pretend and are entitled to more. If you struggle with entitlement, be careful. Don't be a fool. Ask God to give you a grateful heart. Change. But how do we change? Let me go to the last segment. How do we become teachable? What are those characteristics of those wonderful people that continue to grow and be used by God? Those people that have strong families. Those people that succeed and are a blessing. Those people that in sickness or in health are always giving the greatest thing we could ever get. Love, wisdom. Grace. And some people's lives, without speaking a word, preach the wisdom of God. How do we become these kind of people that are constantly a wealth of blessings? A wellspring of wisdom. Proverbs 4, 7 says, the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Hold up. 
The beginning of wisdom is this. And Solomon says, get wisdom. That doesn't even make sense. Solomon just told you, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. Then he adds, though it costs all you have, get understanding. The first thing that we need in order to be teachable is recognize that we need to be taught. The first price that we need to pay for wisdom is pride. The price for wisdom is pride. The price for humility is pride. We need to tell the Lord, I don't know God. I need to learn. The beginning of wisdom is get wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is get wisdom. Wisdom starts when we know that we don't know. And if you don't know, <laughs> just kidding. Number two, accept correction. That just dated me. It's really old. Anyway, so accept correction. Learn to love correction. When you're being corrected, it is a gift. It is a gift. When someone is correcting you, they are giving you something wonderful. It says in Proverbs 9, 8. So do not bother correcting mockers or fools. They will only hate you. But correct the wise and they will love you. Don't even bother with them people, man. Just keep on moving forward. Find someone who is wise and will receive correction. Matthew 7, 6. Do not give what is holy to dogs. I already shared it with you earlier. And do not throw your pearls before swine. For they will trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. You want to be wise. Number one, we need to have humility. Number two, we need to embrace correction. Thank the people that are correcting you. Accept it and receive it. Number three, by the way, don't take things personal. Sometimes we take things so personal because we see them as a personal attack. Instead of taking things, taking things, receiving them and saying, thank you for this. You know, I figured that God knows our hearts. He knows exactly where we are. And if what the person is telling us is true, let the Lord help us change. But if what the person telling us is simply a criticism, not a correction, then let the Lord lift us up. Let the Lord show us and let the track record show that they were wrong and you were right. But if you immediately disregard it, you will never grow. Number three, if you really want to be wise, if you want to be teachable, seek wise counsel in times of decision, difficulty, and repeated failure. Seek wise counsel. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. The safest place you will be is around wise people. Don't ever receive counsel against the word of God. Never receive counsel against the word of God. If someone gives you an advice as cute and as smart and as awesome as it seems, if it goes against the word of God, reject it immediately. Do not receive counsel from people who are failing at that one area that you're asking for advice. Did you know that divorce and adultery happens in a group? Divorce and adultery happens in a group. No one ever just divorced. First they asked. They wondered. They pondered. They went to their commodity. They went to their friend. They went to that one person. If you go to somebody who has a solid marriage, who has endured hardship, who has been tempered by life, and they tell you, yeah, it's hard, but guess what? It gets better. Guess what? If you both humble yourself, God will lift you up. But if you go to an angry, bitter person who, has in their, who is in their fifth marriage, guess what? They're going to come back and you say, hey, 
Dust it off and try it again. Do, 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 do. <laughs> They're going to tell you over and over, you know what? You don't need that kind of crap. Just move on to the, to the next one. Divorce. And adultery happens in groups. If you want advice from someone, make sure that you find out how they are doing in that specific area. You know, I have a, a portfolio of people. I was listening to uh, Jimmy Evans, an amazing pastor, and he said something similar, that he has a lot of people, counselors in his life, that he goes to for specific things. I have the same thing, and I, before listening to him, I realized this is exactly what I needed. I know to go to Pastor Burt, if I have an, a question about a specific area in ministry, because Pastor Bert is wise and has success in that particular area. I know to go to Pastor Art Sepulveda in that specific area because he's wise and so good. Bishop Oriel Bayanos, he's like a superhero when it comes down to the nuts and bolts of division. Pastor Lau Jair Guerra from Brazil, he's incredible in the family formation, how to grow a priestly family. If I have a question about my wife's uh, dealing and how to work with her with my kids, I know I can go to him. But guess what? I'm not going to go to Pastor Lao Jair if I want to learn how to weld. If I want to know how to, you know, what, what kind of, uh, I don't know, speed I need to put in my MIG welder, you know, for this thickness of this kind of material, I'm not going to ask Pastor Lao because he don't know because he's not a welder and he's probably never done it. Does that make sense to you? Sometimes we ask the wrong people the wrong questions or the wrong people the right questions. You're going to get the wrong answer anyway. Learn to ask and learn to ask the right people. Seek wise counsel, not just any counsel. Nope. Instagram don't count. Number four, submit to authority and stay accountable. Man, this is the harder one. That's why I left it towards the end. Man, submit to authority and stay accountable. Do we have a problem with authority? Absolutely. So many people today, even just the sound, the word authority, you're something inside of you just growls. You're like, authority. I am authority. I don't have, I don't need authority. I have a problem with authority. Listen, authority is something that should promote you, something that should protect you. Authority is something that should provide for you. And I know that authority many times has not done that. But we cannot blame the sins of some in others who have not hurt you. Authority is a blessing from God. Now, I'm not saying authority needs to be perfect either. Because even if authority that is there, human authority, is imperfect, above that, there is a God who is perfect. And who oversees and understands and has the power to intervene. I have seen it in my own personal life. How when I have remained accountable and undercover, the blessings have continued to pour and pour and pour. But the way you take correction from that authority determines if you're undercover or no longer undercover. We feel condemned instead of corrected. I want to tell you what the difference is between these two. I know I mentioned it briefly, but condemnation shoves you down. It makes you worse. Correction eventually lifts you up. 
It picks you up. Now, I'm not saying it feels good. I'm not saying it's a pep talk, a pat on the back. It is something that, yes, confronts you, but expects so much more out of you. My coach used to tell me something that I didn't understand until my latter years. I wish I would understand it when he would be telling me. I'd make a mistake, and he would just hit me with his papers, and, you know, he would get mad, and it was even kind of funny. Pablo, no, no, a guy from Arkansas. He'd grab his papers, and bam, bam, he'll hit you on the, on the head, you know? And I didn't understand why he would be so harsh. One day, one day I, got, I met in his office, and he told me, I wasn't going to be crying about it, but I definitely wanted an answer. So when I came, I think he knew I was going to ask him. He says, you know why I'm so harsh with you? With the Arkansas accent, I can't do it. He said, because I believe in you. And I said, mm. I didn't cry, but I was inside of me. I was kind of crying. I was like, man, I don't think I'd heard a grown man tell me, I believe in you. This is why I'm hard with you. This is why I hit you. This is why I expect more out of you. He says, be worried when I am no longer addressing your mistakes. I don't know what else he said. I just remember that part. I know he said a bunch of other things, but that somebody would believe enough in me to expose himself as the bad guy in my life, man, that's a treasure. If you have someone in an authority that loves you enough to be the bad guy in your life, you have to count it as a treasure. But sometimes you don't receive that correction because you feel that they're condemning you. Condemnation has no hope. Condemnation says you're done. It's over. Correction says you could do better. Let's go. Even if it hurts at the moment, it's going to bless you. Remain undercover. Ask God to help you to submit to authority and the right authority, not the wrong authority. Let me go to the last one. And to me, this is the one that sums it all up. How to be a teachable person. Do it. Do it. Actually put into practice whatever is being taught. I am convinced that most people in this world, and I'm not going to say in this world, in this church, have more knowledge than they have obedience. I am convinced that you have already enough knowledge to grow, to, to have a blessed marriage, a blessed life. You have learned so much. But can you match it with obedience? Can you match it with actual practice that's why the word of God warns us do not be hearers of the word but be doers this is why in the book of James chapter 2 17 says in the same way faith by itself if it's not accompanied by action it is dead don't tell me you believe if you're unwilling to act don't tell me you actually have faith if your faith leads you Nowhere. Do you know why? Sometimes you don't do what you know it's true. It is because you lack faith which leads you to obedience. I know if I was to tell you right now, call this number at the bottom of your screens and you will receive a trip to Hawaii. Now right now it's kind of probably actually just giving them away. Nobody wants to travel. But if I was to tell you, call that number and you're going to get X amount. If you really believe you're going to get it. If you really believe it's going to happen, you're going to call the number. Now, by the way, there's no number coming out. Don't worry about it. You know, but you, if you believe something, you're going to act upon it. 
If you're anything like me, I'm like, yeah, right. They're just trying to get me to sign up to something. They probably got to forward 15 messages that are weird to 100 people. Or, I, I, you know, I'm skeptical like that with those things. But when I believe something, I'm going to act on it. If someone tells me this is a good investment, you should invest in it. And I have the means to it. And I believe in it. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. The problem is not lack of knowledge. The problem is lack of obedience. So I pray that today God has not only confronted you, shown you those areas that you need to change. I pray that God has been able to speak to you and show you the root causes on why it is that sometimes you're not teachable. And that God could also show you that there is great blessing in being a teachable husband, a teachable father, a teachable disciple, a teachable leader. You see, the word disciple itself is learner. Mateteos. To be a disciple, it means to be a constant learner. It is possible to be once a disciple and fall off the wagon and stop learning. It is possible to be so teachable in one area and in other areas, be horrible. Great athletes, amazingly teachable on the field. If you see their homes, many of these men and women are destroyed. Their finances are torn to pieces. Because they're coachable in one area and not in another. I pray that God gives us the humility, the security, that God gives us the ability to accept correction, to seek wise counsel, that God helps us to submit to the right authority and to get it done when we have to do it. I've read this week that actually John Hagee said it. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. I pray that during these tough times, God gives you the strength to outlast, to endure in your faith, to remain malleable, to remain teachable, to not be hardened, to not withdraw, but to draw closer to God and to those that want to help you. God bless you guys so much. Let me pray for you and for your families. And next week, we're going to cover a really, really cool uh, characteristic. I pray that you continue to grow deeper. The purpose we're do of doing this is not just to learn once again, but to help you a person that is able to reproduce the character of Christ onto so many other people. That is the 12 characteristics of a multiplying disciple. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much because you, Jesus, were the most teachable, coachable person that ever walked this earth. Lord, I thank you so much because you never, ever, ever showed us a sign of pride. Rather, you remained humble. You remained always malleable. Thank you, Jesus, because whatever the Father said, you did. You remained under authority. You were led by the Spirit. God, I thank you because you were so approachable that people felt valued by your side. I pray, God, that you give us that same Spirit, that people around us feel valued because what they offer to us is valuable. I ask you, God, that you help us to become better disciples, better fathers, better sons and daughters. God, help us, Lord, to become better leaders. Jesus, thank you so much. I pray right now, if somebody's struggling with arguments, if somebody's struggling with pride, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you intercede right now and that you show them, Lord, that you love them and you want them to go to a whole nother level. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the blessings that will come through those that put these things into action. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you guys on Sunday. Peace out.